This is Air Commander Starscream, and you are listening to Half Measures. Uh, Half Measures? Sounds like Megatron's battle strategy. <laughs> Kia ora and welcome to episode 149 of the Half Measures Podcast. We're back at it, ladies and gentlemen. We are on to our top 10 TV shows of 2022. Obviously, if you've listened last week, we've already given you the, the first half of our list. We're back at it today with the final half of our list. We had a few crossovers. We've had a few connections. Now we're really getting into the, the meat and potatoes, as they say, Paul. How are you doing this week? Are you, are you ready? Have you refined that list? Are you ready for the conversation that's about to take place? Jordan, Dan, I am ready. I have stayed true. One must respect what, you know, I've, I've, I'm just staying with what I got. I put my 10 and I'm staying with it. The final five, um, which always reminds me of the Battlestar Galactica, um, you know, the final five Cylons, you know, trying to work out who they were, um, trying to work out who you're, what your final five TV shows are. Yeah, I I reckon we're going to have some crossover here for sure. We had less than maybe we might have expected in the first 10 to 6, but this 5, 4, 3, 2, 1 and our two honourable mentions, I think we're in for some crossovers, Dan. Now, we've already had a few people write in with what their um, top 10 are, but let's save it up for a future episode when we can sort of, when we've revealed our entire top 10. Correct. So that, you know, it's on an even playing field. Correct. But I do enjoy, I mean, we, we've talked about top 10s, movies, top 10 TV series throughout the, you know, the latter half of 2022. I do love seeing people's lists come through and because if it makes someone's list, it gets my attention. Indeed. So much like last week, um, we gave ourselves, because it's been such a, a bumper year of good tele television, we've given ourselves two honourable mentions at the start of each episode. So just to sort of recap, in case you're you're weirdly joining in from episode two and not joining in from the, the previous episode. So Paul, do you want to just quickly run me through where are you at with your, your list so far? And then we'll I'll give you mine, then we'll, we'll jump into sure. our first honourable mention. Okay, so last week I gave these picks. My honourable mentions were season one of Bosch Legacy and season one of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. And then my countdown from 10 to 6 was season one Welcome to Wrexham, season one The Responder, season one Slow Horses, miniseries Obi-Wan Kenobi, and season one the Lazarus Project. I really struggle with the word Lazarus, like the Lazarus and drunk, the, the Lazarus Project. <clears throat> Indeed. All right, that's a that's a very good list. You've got some some strong contenders on there. So for me, my two honourable mentions were season one of Wednesday, uh, season four of Stranger Things, and then moving on to my ten to six. So number ten was season two of The White Lotus. Uh, season one of the Sandman, season one of the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Um, number seven was uh, Obi Wan Kenobi miniseries, and then number six uh, was Ozark, and that was the the fourth and final season of Ozark. So we've had some, you know, not only one crossover so far, mm. which has been interesting. I am 
forecasting and anticipating lots of uh, crossovers mm. coming up. But um, I wonder, Paul, shall we jump into it with our first honourable mentions? I'm going to give you the honours again, and uh, you can kick us off. Right, what's your What's your first? So honourable mention number one for me, and as a bit of a build-up, season one of this TV series was in my top ten for 2019, and season two is honestly even better. So go figure as to how this hasn't made my list. It's a, again, it's an acknowledgement of the quality of the television in 2022. But this is season two of The Capture. So this is my first TV show that I'm going to talk about across these two podcasts where it's not the first season. Uh, this season is about a rising politician, Isaac Turner, who finds himself caught up in a conspiracy after a deep fake of him causes uh, a race against time for Rachel, uh, our police officer investigating it, to expose the truth before it's too late. Holiday Granger is the lead in this as Rachel. Um, she's possibly my favourite British actress at the, at the moment in terms of shows that are currently playing. Papa Acido, once again, who I mentioned last week at number six in the lead of The Lazarus Project, he is absolutely terrific once again as the co-lead in this second season of The Capture. Uh, honestly, absolutely terrific actor. Um, Indira Bama from Obi-Wan, Ben Miles from Andor, Ron Perlman. Such a good cast. It's tense. I said it before when we when I reviewed it on the podcast. It's kind of like a line of duty meets, meets Blacklist meets Homeland. And I, you know, I really have nothing but superb things to say about the show and i know a few people who i've spoken to weeks ago saying oh yeah this is definitely my top 10 well it is in the top 10 podcast so it's kind of here <laughs> you, you've got it through through the the fine print of the the half measures top 10 contract but this is yeah you've you've long been a fan of this tv show this was correct me if i'm wrong one of the first tv shows you reviewed on half measures back in the early days um, and I, every time you talk about it, it kind of piques my interest in it. Uh, it is kind of fascinating with its sort of deep fakes and technology and, you know, how easy it is to do some of these things. Like, look, we, we see the deep fakes with, you know, a young Luke Skywalker in, in movies. You know, it, this is real life um, right now. So I, I, I should add this one to the list. Uh, it, it's a bit of a... Um, uh, a week saying at times but it, it is it is very much kind of on the the backlog of possible tv shows to watch because again you you're a raving fan and you're you're always championing it a little bit of trivia dan i just went onto our website halfmeasurespodcast.com and went and clicked on top picks which straight away takes me to our top 10 tv lists of the last few years and it was number 10 on my list for 2019 and that podcast was podcast number one was our top 10 tv shows of 2019 so this was the first tv show i ever brought to the podcast so there's a little bit of trivia if that ever comes up in a pub quiz um that was the first show i brought to the podcast Do you know it, it's funny actually just going back to the original episodes of half measures podcast there was there wasn't really much of a format to them right and like we kind of i remember having conversations about what are we going to talk about this week what should we talk about this week and it was kind of like it wasn't until sort of you know getting a few episodes under our belt that we kind of got the rhythm and the finesse that we have. The finesse, today. that's right. I think those conversations went, what are we going to talk about this week? And I'd be like, I don't know. You came up with the idea of the podcast, you choose. <laughs> exactly, exactly. This is a look, a great shout, Paul. Where can I watch the Capture? Uh, capture is TVNZ Plus here in New Zealand. 
And uh, yeah, I, I think I think I would season one would be my you know because you can just jump straight into season two and and pick it up. But I think you enjoy the journey of season one as well. Good shout. All right. So my first honourable mention is actually an honourable mention that you've already covered. This is uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Wow. Now, yeah, so this is a TV show I kind of, I remember surprising you at the time with a, a surprise watch when you brought this to, to review on the pod, and I'd also sort of watched it as well. Um, this this did good things for me, Paul. This, um, like I've always kind of just, I've watched a few Star um, Star Trek movies and, and TV shows because of you I'm um, I've never been as deep into this universe as I am with, with Star Wars but I really enjoyed um, you know Captain Christopher Pike I enjoyed some of the the kind of retro throwbacks I enjoyed the storytelling you've already talked heavily about about what this TV show is but I think for me I've always sort of come at it as a a bit of a a Star Trek novice and I found this to be a, a good entry point and it kind of it had some connections to other Star Wars uh, movies and TV shows that I know but I didn't find it was critical to my experience in watching it I'm very excited for season two I'm I'm looking forward to more of it this is this is a, a good Star Trek for me I love that you've got it as an honorable mention that I feel like it it's got me right in the hat and that you've gone with Trek as your honorable mention. Cause I remember, I remember you just shocking me on the podcast that like here I was ready you know, to talk about strange new worlds and you're like, guess what? And you had, um, you'd also got the, um, the podcast and I I'll always remember the, um, the name of the episode 127, your first pony was named Sir Nays a lot. That was your choice of the name of the podcast. And uh, it's kind of the spirit of that show. And I think you're right, because I didn't call it out last week. Anson Mount as Pike is exceptional. Anson Mount as Pike is one of the drivers for how this show came about, because his character arrives in Discovery on the Enterprise for a crossover episode, which who knows, at the time, they may have just been doing it as a bit of, wouldn't it be cool to have the Enterprise? But there was such a reaction to that, and particularly to Pike, that this is how this show was born. And so great show that you mentioned him. I think too, and I, I might've talked about this in the original um, review that we did of this TV show. And I'm just looking through IMDb right now. And this is going to show how much of a novice I am when it comes to the Star Trek universe, the alien that they have on their crew. Um, I can't think what his name is. You might know Paul. And anyway, he, he touches his like kind of like gills on the side of his, his head when he's kind of like talking yes yep and i and i and i've noticed that um over last week's episode and and uh tonight's episode is it, it's reminded me a lot because you, you often touch the back of your head sometimes when you're about to say something and it's like the it's like the lightest touch of like one finger that goes on the back of your head and then you'll yep. sometimes say something and i'm trying to work out what the tell is like is it like something profound that's about to come out is it kind of like something like well, what is it and it makes me think of that character every single time okay so let's go into this so there's two things here firstly the character you're talking about is is saru from discovery who has the the little right. tendrons on the back of his neck i love the energy the truth of the matter is for the pink behind the curtain is these headphones that you see here dan i have had these for the better part of a decade they're the oldest headphones you could possibly imagine and 
they do not have good material for ear and sweat in summer. And here I am sitting on a beautiful summer evening and just every now and then I just need to pull it out from across my ear and actually put it back and just let the sweat just drip on there. And it's a beautiful image that I'm glad that I was able to share with people. There's uh, nowhere near is you should have stuck with I it. Should've. It's when I'm like really giving you a deep, profound thought is when I, when I, as opposed to releasing the water, the gushing water from your headphones. But, um, Get some decent headphones, that, you that, podcast novice. Yeah. 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 Well, we're going to need some more Patreon producers if you want new headphones, <laughs> oh, but um, we'll, we'll see what we can do. So yeah, that is my honorable mention. As I say, I think great entry point um, for newcomers to Star Trek. And, and I know that Star Trek fans are like also to enjoy it, but yeah, I just had a, had a lot of fun and way more fun than expected. And I think I'm just, I, I enjoy, I enjoy Pike as a character. He's, he's good fun. Very good. So that's uh, another TVNZ Plus here in New Zealand for Strange New Worlds. I'll jump straight into my second honourable mention before we jump into our final five. And this is, I hope, not recency, because I noticed that you and I have brought a lot of shows in, you know, with Wrexham and White Lotus and things that we talked about recently. I don't think this is recency. I genuinely believe that this is how I feel about the show in terms of it being an honourable mention, and it is season one of The Rehearsal. So this was like the last show I watched before we went away to decide our top tens for the year. So I just got it in just in time. I remember saying to you at the time, uh, you know, I was really glad to have just discovered it and, and, and watched it because it was unlike anything I had ever seen before. It's not the sort of thing I'd normally sit down to watch, but I think there was elements of it that because I consider myself maybe a little socially awkward and introverted and trying to sort of figure out how do I go into a situation and come out the other side unscathed and also don't have to go out and see them again and not get a phone call from whatever. It's all sorts of things. What can I do? And there's something about this guy. Actually, Nathan, uh, Nathan Thielder reminds me of someone that you and I both know in our personal life. So I'll be interested once, once you've watched this, cause I know you're on board this for the summer journey to see if you can pick up on who it is. Uh, we won't name that on the pod. <laughs> because he is a strange individual. So I'll be curious to see if you get it. Um, but yeah, this is just a really different show. It's, as I said at the time, you, you sit there and think, is this real? Is, is this scripted? Are they really doing this? Like, Did they really just recreate this entire building just for this small thing? Like, it's just, it seems surely not. Are these guys billionaires? How have they done this? It's fascinating. This look, you, you sold me the first time you talked about this TV show, Paul. I love a late entry to the to the list, and you know it's a special show that you know in the the final hours of 2022, you're you're still adding a list and in, in, into the mix. This this is incredible. I think it speaks volumes. Um, I I've already kind of committed that this is one that i'm definitely going to be watching i'm definitely going to be bringing back a a full review to the pod it, it ticks a lot of boxes for me i love that type of dry humor i i love um i love this guy nathan I, i've seen a few of his sort of sh video shorts and stuff and i i'm presuming it's actually maybe a um some shorts off the actual hbo footage so yeah. if that's the case I already know I'm in for a treat. Yeah. This is going to be a good one. I am very pleased it's made it onto your honourable mentions. Yeah, and to put it into context, after I talked about it last time, I, I went away and just thought, just, you know, what else is 
that's being said about the show. Time magazine, which, you know, has been around longer than Half Measures and has maybe a couple more subscribers, they have it at number never heard of it. They have, they have it at number two on their top TV shows for twenty twenty two, second only to a show which will also be well, I'll also be talking about. I don't know about you, Dan. Um so that's that's pretty high praise as well. So yeah, definitely worth just as an experiment watching this show. Very good, very good. All right, so my final honourable mention for 2022 is a, a TV show that actually came in at number eight for you. So this is the Apple TV TV show Slow Horses. So this is a, a TV show, I, I won't go too deep into it because we, we already talked about it quite deeply last episode, but, you know, fantastic Apple TV TV show about a, a bunch of British intelligence agents who who basically all end up in a place called Slough House and you, you end up there because you've made a, a career ending mistake. Fantastic cast, fantastic story. TV show opens with a, a real bang. It's got some real kind of like Jason Bourne um, Casino Royale type of vibes with its sort of yes. opening opening credits. Yes. But it's um it's it's very good and this is a tv show that has come on and off my top 10 list right up to the moment of um basically recording this podcast because i just i enjoyed the show so much i watched it because i was on i was scrolling through different streaming providers went on to Apple, saw Gary Oldman, thought this looks interesting. The kind of color palette and toning seemed a bit bland, and I was mm, like, is this mm. going to be any good? Um, saw some positive reviews, gave it a go, talked about it on the pod. You got on board. We both fell in love with it. Um, and unfortunately, it, it, it didn't quite make the cut for top 10, but if I could, you know, hit me on any other given day, and it, it could have sort of crept in there, I just think – like you said, I, I can't speak more highly of this TV show. Five episodes, season two is already, already out, dropping week-by-week week episodes. This is just a, a an all-round fantastic TV show. So glad it's got an honorable mention for you, Dan, because I know how highly you spoke about it at the time. And I think season two is a joint review for sure. Obviously, now we've established that. Um, Gary Oldman is one of those actors for me who, on the strength of his name alone, I will just go into anything that he, I just, that's enough for me. But a TV series is, is so much richer than a movie. You know, we often talk about, you know, oh, this would be better as a 10 part or whatever. And seeing Gary Oldman across that much is just, is just joyful. The other thing that I didn't talk about, and I think she deserves a mention is uh, Kristen Scott Thomas. You know, I thought she, I hadn't seen her in a long while. And I just, this is one of her best roles in years as a great foil opposite Gary Oldman. I thought she was really good. And I'm looking forward to seeing her again in the second season. So glad to hear it's uh, got a mention for you then. Yeah. So if you want to check out uh, Slow Horses, check that out on Apple TV. All right, Paul, it's business time. We're getting into the top five. So just like last week, we'll be going five, four, three, two, one. I think this is going to be a little bit different. I think we're going to have some, they may not be in the same order, but I think we'll have a little bit more crossover if my tea leaves are accurate. But um, let's let's see where we land. Where are you at for number five, Paul? Well, can I first of all say, before we start, the quality of these next five shows are so high, I would be prepared to give a Half Measures podcast guarantee of satisfaction. And we don't give out that guarantee lightly. 
that is money back guarantee. So here we go for me. Number five, season one of the bear. Now this was a show that you again, just talked about so highly. And then famously in my workplace, a very, very intelligent, very convincing ex-school teacher proclaimed to the office, this is my number one TV show of the year. And I was like, right, that's it. That's good enough for me to watch it now. And so this is a TV show about a young chef from the fine dining world who returns to Chicago to run his family's sandwich shop. Uh, Just like a couple of shows I talked about last week, this is another one that came out of nowhere and just absolutely shocked me. Just the chaos of this kitchen you know, again, I liken the energy of it to Uncut Gems. It's it's just absolutely uh, a brilliantly put together TV series within the confined space of a kitchen. The characters, uh, obviously, the writing, as I always talk about, what do it? Sydney as a character, absolutely superb. Kami as a character, brilliant. Uh, there's just, I mean, there's so many characters I could talk about. I can't do that because we'll be here all day. But just a real brilliant, original, emotional show. You know, just just so much about it that's, you know, shocked me. And just, I, I was just sat there just shaking my head saying, well, this has to be in my 10. It's just, I, I was just, I was almost annoyed at the time because I was like, I was set on my 10. I was like, well, now this one's going to have to be in there. <laughs> that's how good it was. This is also um this is also number five for me, Paul. So right. I I might as well uh, chime in with my my thoughts as well. So yeah, this is this this again is another TV show I didn't know a lot about going into, but just had such a, a wonderful experience. And I think this TV show this this is a heavy going TV show. It deals with some pretty dark themes. It deals with um, as you say, it's got some real uncut gems tension that runs throughout it but just the the quality of the acting in the cast and the the storytelling and the 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 mostly kind of short relatively short episodes mm. is, is just incredible and there's a there's an episode in the the later half of the of the of the first season that's filmed all in one take and it's just absolutely I think just just such a such a fresh take on something something different, and you know I I banged on about this the first time I watched the beer. I think if you like this TV show, you should a hundred percent also be watching Shameless because it just has a similar energy and vibe about it, and you, you, Jeremy White also stars in in Shameless. So I, everything you're saying this this is this is just so good. Like we watched this TV show. I'm pretty sure over over an entire day I think it was it was a rainy day and it was a it was an intense journey from start to finish afterwards everyone wanted to be a chef everyone's saying yeah. yes chef everyone's like you know giving instructions in the kitchen it kind of just it brought out this 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 great kind of um you know great kind of like pot overflowing type moments that you sometimes have with a TV show when when you get to live the experience beyond the TV show and I think this this easily could have even gone higher up my list um but there's there's just it's been such a great year for television that's it that's it has been it's just been such a great year it's it's a show that knocks you for six and it's interesting you talk about the runtime because Hulu make a habit of this you know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago with the patient 
doing sort of like a drama drama type series and doing short episodes. It was a, a relatively short runtime and it worked so well. I said I wouldn't, but I'm going to have to. There was just some great performances. Ebon Mosbacharach as Richie, absolutely superb. Edwin Lee Gibson, brilliant. And as I said, Sydney was probably my favorite character, played by um, Ayo Idebiri. I probably mispronounced that. I'm sorry, but just those characters just brought so much for me. And I cannot wait to see where it goes in another season. Then there has to be, there has to be another another season. There, it's the, the combination of these things together, and such a dark story underlying un, underneath all of it about the rationale about how he's come back to the restaurant. There's just there's just so much in there for me. Yeah, this is it's it's almost um, because we don't obviously have Hulu in New Zealand, but we we get this sort of content through Disney Plus. It's almost fine to like it almost feels strange to find this content on Disney Plus. Like it feels kind of like like Apple TV or kind of neon. Like and I, I sometimes what I I don't like is I want these shows to be more accessible by more people because I feel like I want more people to see it because I feel like it helps kind of build the the support that you know it needs for the future seasons because i think it is a bit of a a a niche topic Mm. i think um you probably do need a a recommendation to a find it and b kind of get interested about it so i think don't be like i'm not someone who overly enjoys cooking tv shows but this is a game changer this chef's kiss absolutely perfect um would order again would order again for sure i think um for me, the, the you know, I think most TV shows there would be a brilliant rapport with the actors and the cast and the crew, and that that fat feeling of family or whatever that comes with that would be one thing. I feel like for some reason of all the shows, the bear in that closed kitchen space would have an even more, even closer somehow. I mean, when we talked about this last time, we had I think four or five of the chefs um, sort of engage with us on social media across this. And if any of them are listening to this right now, I would love to know some of the behind the scenes relationships with the cast members, because it just feels like such an intense, close environment that it must have really brought those people together. Um, Yeah. It's it's of everything you've brought to the pod then that I've said, Oh yeah, I'll give that a go. This is your number one hit for me. I think too, if it doesn't work out for us in the podcasting world, Paul, let's let's open a sandwich shop because I want I want that community in my life. Yeah, you might want to see me make a sandwich once or twice first before you commit to that. But I appreciate the energy. I'll put you on the till. <laughs> you can be uh, you can be customer facing. That's also high risk, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that in New Zealand, as we said, is available on Disney Plus. That's your number five as well also my number five so that puts the the talking stick back to you paul what are you coming at for your number four well my number four dan is season one of star wars Andor, prequel series to the movie star wars rogue one uh the series that at the time i was like do we need this do i need to know more about cassian Andor? it's number four on my top 10 list and bearing you know bearing in mind there are other star wars tv shows and they haven't made the list this is all they've been further down the list this is how much i love and or and i think i said at the time i'll say it again 
of the 11 movies we've had and of all the live action, I think whilst this is the least Star Wars-ish of whatever we're talking about of them all, it's that fact that it is like that, that it's so refreshingly different and the pace of it was my kind of pace. There was a lot of criticism up front from people across the board saying, oh, it's a bit slow, whatever. They're going real deep, world-building stuff. I absolutely lapped all of that up and the rewards just got more and more as it went on. I think um, this has been a, I think a surprise hit for a lot of people, and it is you know like we've talked about it before on the pod. I don't think it's getting the numbers that the show deserves. Mm. I think, and I think because a lot of people have come into it for the same reasons, right? Like, do I need any more um, sort of Rogue One universe? I already know what happens. Oh, my favorite characters already die, but I think that this honestly this. This tells a side of Star Wars that we don't often get to see, apart from in maybe some of the animated shows around, particularly around the the Empire and and some great characters in there. We get to find out uh, more of the intelligence agencies. I actually think, you know, as much as Cassian Andor is kind of the, you know, the the figurehead on the poster for this TV show, this is equally a TV show about the characters in the Star Wars universe and the, you know, the the slow. Um, or not even slow, but the, the grip the Empire has on all of these different planets and communities and people and the eventual kind of resistance that sort of forms out of it. And I think what this show does well, and I think if you haven't got on board yet, this is this is the what, what better time, because you can binge, in, binge this show, mm. is it kind of tells a story with different story arcs. And like so there's kind of these three to four episode arcs that – tell slightly different stories that all sort of connect together and i'm with you paul this is a this is an incredible tv show and it deserves to be on on everyone's top 10 it really does and i think it's a really good shout about the the different story acts because you think you're going in a certain direction and all of a sudden the narrative changes and the story goes elsewhere and you're like okay so this is obviously where we're going now and one of those story act changes which you know spoiler alert i'm going to talk about it was the prison story out. You know, all of a sudden he's caught and the hammer comes down. That's it. You go into prison for six years or whatever it was. And and suddenly I'm like, oh, okay, here we are. And now looking back, that prison story out was, was, was my favorite story out for the whole thing. I thought it was really, you know, quite, quite surprising at the time. But looking back on it, if I was to rewatch, I think I'd be most looking forward. Oh, I can't wait till he goes to prison. I just found that whole uh line of storytelling and the what you know we, we often think about what must it be like to live in the star wars universe and i think okay so it's a prison but even so this is under the under the rule of the empire i think just absolute horrific sense of justice and it also provided us that opportunity of a incredible andy circus performance as well to go alongside diego luna who i don't think we talk about enough as the lead is absolutely mm. absolutely superb and what it does is it really heightens my desire to rewatch Rogue One with this under my belt. I think too it like one of my favorite um characters that we got to learn more about through this through the Andor series was Mon Mothman mm. um played by um, Genevieve O'Reilly and I think a character which you know is referenced and lightly seen in the Star Wars movies but to really get an appreciation for her again, like just something I I didn't know I needed. And I think this is often the thing which 
Star Wars sometimes gets right and sometimes gets wrong. Like, here's a little bit of information about this character you know a little about, and it kind of helps kind of flesh out who they are. And then there's, you know, if you go to the other extreme, the, the Boba Fett's, where it's kind of, it's a it's a real deep dive, but it's a, it's not the version of Boba Fett that we've kind of grew up in and understand that character to be. And I think when they get it right, they get it really right. And I, I just think just, like, this is more... Uh, you said at the start this is the most non-star wars star wars tv show and it has it's it's got you know heist components it's got breakout yes. prison moments it's got kind of world building it's it's got a lot of good stuff going on it's got me very excited for the next season and i feel like i do say this about a lot of star wars tv shows but this one it couldn't be more true i could easily sit down any day of the week much like obi-wan and give this another watch right now yeah. and have a fantastic time I, I, I really agree with everything you said there. The the storylines are different to anything else as well. A little bit more, I don't want to say more adult, but just the darker, a little bit dirtier. I think you're right about the Mon Mothma. The same with, there's a bit with Wolf Yularen. So when you see him in A New Hope, when you see Mon Mothma in Return of the Jedi, even though we always know that those scenes are brief, you'll just look at those characters and, and feel the journey that they've gone on. It just, it does add something to it. I think it's, the empire side of thing that really fascinates me in terms of if you think about everything we know about the empire and all of star wars that we've really seen on screen at least uh, maybe we put the animator to one side and it's you know it's stormtroopers it's tie fighters it's star destroyers and really in this it's none of those things you see a tie fighter every now and then and it really surprises you you don't see any stormtroopers maybe until like the final couple of episodes it's the behind the scenes people it's the intelligence security bureau people it's the the core of the empire those people in the gray uniforms you know as opposed to the people with blasters and seeing what they do and seeing how that operates it's uh it's another level it's a it's the deepest cut of live action styles and i think I would hope that Lucasfilm and Disney have heard that from fans and maybe will try and deliver some of that in subsequent TV shows. Mm-hmm. Look, it's going to be interesting. We've obviously got a, a bit of a time jump coming for the final season of Andor. And again, I, I love that it's bookend. And I, just, I can't say this enough. If you haven't watched this, don't be put off by the fact that you've seen Rogue One no. and you you feel like you know the outcome for these characters. There is so much more in this to be gained. So... Get around it, I say. Right. What have you got in number four? All right, Paul. Number four. God, we're we're getting low, aren't we? All right, so I'm coming in with number four. This is a a neon TV show here in New Zealand. It is uh, the Game of Thrones House of the Dragon. So this is, uh, look, all cards on the table. Definitely felt kind of like, you know, aggrieved at the final seasons of the original Game of Thrones, held a real strong grudge, didn't really care too much for House of the Dragon, literally put no interest in sort of watching any trailers or expecting it to go anywhere, watched it, and it was one of the the greatest Game of Thrones TV experiences I've had in years. And I said this in my original review, it took me back to when Game of Thrones was in its peak and I think this this is harnessing all of the goodness of Game of Thrones and hopefully telling some some interesting stories. So I think not with this 
particular season. We already understand the Game of Thrones universe. It's set 172 years before the birth of Daenerys Targaryen. Obviously, bigger budgets. We've got full-blown dragons. They do all sorts of great uh, time jumps in this TV show, which were a little bit a little bit nerve-wracking to start with. Like we weren't ready to let go of some of these characters that we've been introduced to. But with every time jump, we've got you know stronger and deeper storytelling that's made you kind of really appreciate those time jumps. If anything, and I've kind of heard this around the traps, that people almost want it to slow down a little bit, like so much kind of happens and so many time jumps are kind of occurring that by the end, you know, there's there's people that started off in this TV show as, as babies and are now sort of full-grown adults versus in the original Game of Thrones, it was a real sort of journey and a real story arc to get to some of those points. But I think, again, a bit like Andor, if you're don't be put off by House of the Dragon if you if you weren't happy with the way Game of Thrones ended. This not only restored my faith in Game of Thrones, it is almost it has almost healed the wounds. Like I'm ready for a bit of a rewatch of those of of the original series. I believe that this TV show will get its second season. And I think they're talking about maybe four seasons of this TV show. So already it's positive because they they they've got you know they've got the content from start to finish, unlike Game of Thrones where they kind of ran out of book material. Mm-hmm. They've got the roadmap laid out in front of them. The only real problem is going to be is how long is it going to take for the next season? There's so many sort of special effects to be applied in this. This could be a little bit like the Rings of Power. Mm. This could be a, a 2024 season two. But either way, Paul, I'm here for it. I'll be rewatching it before the next season. I can see myself already probably watching this next year. Absolutely love the cast. Matt Smith, standout as Prince Daemon Targaryen. This is... a uh, if you love your swords and sandals dramas, House of the Dragon is for you. It's it's interesting you say that people want it to slow down as well when you already know there's a finite number of seasons. It's almost like they could have taken that first season and maybe made two seasons out of it and then there could have been five seasons in total you know, if there's enough story there. Because, yeah, if someone's being born and by the end of it they're full-grown adult, that does give me an indication of the span of time in which it's sort of moving along. Yeah, I, I think in saying that though, I think because they know they've got like some some deep storytelling to tell, but they just need to get these characters up to a certain age to sort of, you know, really progress the core part of the storyline. Yeah. And I think that the time jumps, from what I understand, will potentially slow down a little bit now. It was more sort of taking us on the journey. And this is, you know, as I, I just can't speak highly enough about how much it's reignited that Game of Thrones passion and that kind of interest in that universe. And I, to be honest with you, I didn't think they could turn me around. I was kind of, you know, stubbornly sitting on my deck, you know, like Clint Eastwood and Gran Torino, angry about the world, and they've done it. They've put a smile back on my dial. I feel like that's a great opportunity for us to have, an, like an art opportunity for Half Measures. It's the two of us sat on a deck drinking a beer and just looking angry about stuff. So, um, look, I, yeah, I, I love that this is in your list because – I thought it would be. I'm fascinated at its position. I had penned this as a potential for number one in terms of what energy you brought to the pod each time you talked about it. So that's that's also got me excited for what's still to come on your list. Um, it is, I think, yeah, like you say, with the Rings of Power, I think the thing with both of these two shows that you sort of said, oh, it's going to be a long time until we get the second season. I feel like the universe, the fandom for these universes it will 
will survive that length of time wait. I feel like that those fans are already entrenched. And so I think um, that will be fine, but I know what you mean. It's the wait is the wait so long. It's kind of unbearable, isn't it? And I think it's, I think the wait's okay. If we're talking about an early 2024 of both rings of power and uh, house of the dragon, obviously there's nothing you can do about it. And I think, what this is reliant on is, you know, like we've had a, a, a boomer crop this year of good TV shows. As long as we've got sort of good things coming next year, it kind of, you're okay waiting. But it's when there's a big drought, that's when you're kind of, you know, looking ahead for what's coming. Very, very good. So that is my number four. Shall we uh, jump into number three? All right. So number three for me, Dan, and this show is really unlucky to not be number two or number one. I just... Just looking at it now and just thinking, oh, man, this is great. This is another first season. This is another Apple TV show, season one of Severance. So this is a show about a character called Mac, played by Adam Scott, who leads a team of office workers whose memories are surgically divided between their work and personal lives. So every time they get in the lift to go into their building, They lose all their memories of the outside world. And when the door opens, all they know is work and the same going home. When they get out of the lift, they don't know what happened in the workday. On principle, a lot of this appeals to me thinking I could do with some of this. I reckon it would get me through the week a lot quicker sometimes. But the reality of how it works is is way more complicated than that. And it's the fun of working out what this means for people in reality in terms of those people who... The, the, the half of you that only knows work and so never gets to go home and never gets the break is essentially the prisoner. This this TV show is outrageously brilliant. Christopher Walken, John Turturro, Patricia Arquette, Arquette, standout performance for her and also Adam Scott. Just a really unique idea, a really intriguing concept, great production quality. It really looks proper movie, sci-fi, like real all-budget very Stanley Kubrick kind of look. Um, and Adam Scott just really convinced me just, just so much more than comedy. Absolutely brilliant. This show, Dan, I, this is, this is another up, up there with the, the Lazarus project in terms of, I cannot wait for the second season of this in 2023. It's interesting. Eh? And I, I don't want to come in and, um, and poo poo your list. Cause I've heard a lot of, um, <laughs> A lot of great stuff about Severance from from a lot of people have made this recommendation to me, and it's actually a TV show I've had two attempts to watch. So, two. Um, so oh, yeah, so one. yeah, so while I had another go after after your review, I so I started watching it long a while ago. Um, couldn't it didn't really stick, and then after your review, I was like, right, I've got to give it another go, and I think I got up to about episode four, and it still just wasn't sticking for me, and it's leading me to believe that there's something wrong with me, Paul, because I <laughs> I've just heard so many glowing reviews that I think it's it's me, it's not you. I'm, I, it's, I, I've heard that before. I'm really glad that it's trending at eight point seven out of ten from uh, over a hundred thousand votes because that doesn't leave me sitting here thinking, oh, well, maybe I just really like it and I'm a geek. It is, you know, with Ben Stiller, uh, you know, as one of the creators behind this as well, uh, it's already won two primetime Emmys. I see it's been nominated across the board for Emmys. Uh, I 
yeah, I, it's really fascinating that you, this is the sort of TV series I could imagine you bringing to the pod before me, because we often talk about how you, if it's hot and it's new, Dan Whiting King is bringing this to the podcast because Paul Canale is going to come in with a movie from 1954 that he's found on Amazon Prime. Look, I, I this is why I don't know I don't know what's going on, and I just wonder whether it's like a I haven't been in the right headspace to watch it or what it is because every everything here like Apple Plus Apple TV Plus always has some standout content. That cast and crew absolute standout. Like Adam Scott, amazing, mm. and the the concept of the TV show different, fascinating, and I for some reason I just I can't seem to break through, but I'm. I'm committed. Like I'm, I want to come. You back sound to like it. a politician. But the problem I, I have am now, committed to this project. The, <laughs> the problem I have is I, I won't be able to come back and just jump in an episode. No. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to hard slog through the first few episodes Correct. again because I'll need it to be fresh. I think I just maybe, look, maybe there's something going on in my life that I'm not truly aware of. But it's, I'll tell you, Dan, where I think there's a bigger fear because 2019, 2020, Dan often used to come to the pod and say, oh, this is a, this is something I watched on a plane. And then, of course, we had COVID and we didn't go on any planes for a while. But if you were on a plane at any point in the next couple of weeks, I feel like this is a perfect opportunity because I feel like within the confines of your screen on a little, you know, whether it's a tablet or your phone and sort of that sort of space on the plane just to be able to sit there and really focus, I feel like that would be my... You know how you've said to me you, you're going to go away and, and you, you're going to watch um, the rehearsal and you're going to watch uh, the patient. I I would say bump severance up ahead of that, and I reckon the plane is a good opportunity to to maybe do that. All right, Paul. I'm I'm committed because of your. It's in the top five. I I can't. It's number three. I, I've got to I've got to see it through. I, I I think I just need to sit down, eat my veggies, and and. I keep, I think, because I keep waiting for it to just click and be like, oh yeah. And I've really annoyed Samara because she, it's clicked for her, and I'm, I'm just like, oh. and she's like, it's so good. So it's, it's definitely me. That's interesting. It's oh look, and it just goes to show that things can be really highly rated across the board, and it's, it isn't for everyone. And it, I think actually, it's really refreshing when that happens because when you and I both absolutely love a show, we come across as a couple of fanboys, and I dare say we might be doing that again in the next couple of moments, but we'll find out. Uh, this is my number three, Apple TV. Season two comes out next year. I can't wait. What's your number three, Dan? All right. So my number three, I don't know, Paul. I, I might be coming in controversial, but I – look, it's a podcast. This TV show started at the end of 2021, but didn't finish. Oh no! 22. No, I know what you're going to do here. I already know the show you're going to. I'm, I'm bringing it in. I'm bringing it. I've got it. It's on the list. <laughs> you're going to go with 1883, aren't you? I'm going to do it. I've got to do there it. There was Book of Boba Fett. There was 1883. There was these shows. I actually made a list of them, and I thought I'm going to email these to Dan and say you can't have these. And I thought, no, don't be that guy. Dan plays by the rules. Look at you. Look at you! <laughs> I look. I I I realise that I'm, you know, the judges may not look kindly upon this, but I I just can't not bring this TV show to the table, Paul. This is this is this is almost my number one. Like this is oh, how yeah. much I love 1883. Great. So this is this is a real passion project. And and apologies for 
for the stress I'm causing you for bringing in this TV show to the mix. But so 1883 is the the kind of the the yellow Yellowstone spin-off prequel. Um, it's it sort of tells the story of the the Dutton family and how they embark on their journey west and and eventually kind of settle. <laughs> I can I can see Paul on camera. He's, he's absolutely. What am I going to do on social media? How am I going to explain this? This this is headaches you're giving me for the new year. Carry on, Dan. I'm enjoying this. So this was a, a TV show like already coming in hot as a as a big Yellowstone fan. Um, wasn't too sure what to expect with I guess the you know the the 1883 um, sort of going back in time and sort of telling some more stories. Like I was interested, but but unsure. And I guess just to really justify my case for you, Paul, is one of the reasons I think I, I think of this as a 2022 TV show is because we didn't get it here in New Zealand yeah, until sort of that's a fair call. you know cool. you know a little bit later, and it was probably around. I think March, April, if it finally started streaming here. So in my mind, even though this started in the US in, in 21, we know that New Zealand is the centre of the, the universe. So, <laughs> <clears throat> so here we are. And so this was a, a TV show. Oh, I don't know, Paul. This, I, I've always loved a good Western. As I say, always loved Yellowstone. This cast, so, so good. Sam Elliott. Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Isabel May. Isabel May doing sort of the voiceover introduction of each episode, still sort of like spine chilling to this day, and just sort of the the stories of the, the untamed West and all of the threats that kind of followed these these travellers and the and the Dutton family all the way to their eventual kind of spot what they decide to call home in Montana. But I just Honestly, Paul, when I think about quality quality westerns, I would if I could only keep like Yellowstone or eighteen eighty three, I would almost keep eighteen eighty three. Like that's oh. how much I I've enjoyed this TV show, and I I can't wait. And you know, let, let's just let's clear the year now for for twenty twenty three. They they've already dropped uh, nineteen twenty three, which is kind of the mm. the follow up to eighteen eighty three. We kind of we're jumping sort of quite large time spans here but you know that started in, in 2022 not going to finish until 2023 let's just say right now it can be on the list for next year if it's good that is well i uh just while you were talking I've, I've emailed the executive producers of the show for a formal permission slip for this to be allowed and they will get a copy of this podcast before it goes to air if it's not permitted we'll have to come back and re-record the fact is that you've brought it in and i love that because I wanted to talk about this show as well. And I, you know, I made a list of, you know, I remember Book of Boba Fett. There was some other things in that, but 1883, I was like, oh no, because this show, when we watched it, there was just so much. I mean, I, I love a Western and I love, as you know, a slow burn. And so this is, it was the pace of this show that I just loved. It was so drawn out and deliberately focusing on this. I remember I talked about the river, you know, the struggles, of the time that we wouldn't think about today crossing a river a river is an incredible challenge if you haven't got a bridge and there was just absolutely standout uh storylines standout performances sam elliott as the captain yeah you know, tim mcgraw as as kevin costner's grandfather james um and then his daughter elsa dutton who who provided the narration and the story of each episode and the the whole 
there was something sort of haunting about that the way she did it i was i just found this brilliant brutal and i'll be honest way way better than i expected as well because i think i i love yellowstone so much because of that modern day telling as as much as i love a historical uh western and most of them are i wondered if it would resonate with me because i'm used to yellowstone being in the present day and it just it just works absolutely brilliantly mm-hmm. i just it is such a fantastic watch um and just yeah, just such a such a a, a good sort of storyline and and world building without sort of hard connections and i love that it was kind of it's a it's a one-off 10 episodes and then we're going to have the time jump to 1923 and we're sort of slowly moving up closer to, to current day and it's to be honest with you paul it's it's great to have a a yellowstone i guess on my list you know like not like in all previous years <laughs> yes I've, that's right i've had yellowstone um well up on my list and and definitely in the top five so it's um it's been good to include it. I'm hoping that our Patreon producers and the small council and everyone involved in bringing this podcast to life they've, can um they've just come back to me. It. I've already heard back from two. I've already heard. I've actually I've heard back from a majority now, and so that means you're fine. They've come back with they'll allow it, which okay. is okay. Okay, good. Not that decision's not on me, so any repercussions will be on them. But hey, I am genuinely delighted you brought this because it is. You know, if we rephrase it, TV shows that we've watched this year, it is one of the absolute tops. And I feel like, I mean, this is harsh because now I'd have to drop out, what was my number 10? Welcome to Wrexham. Oh, damn. I feel like it would be in my top five. So there we go. That's that's where it would be placing for me. Mm-hmm. So absolutely brilliant show. And again, just because I know we talk about Yellowstone and we've, we've made the connections a lot, you don't need to have watched Yellowstone to get something out of this TV series at all it's it stands on its own two feet and it is a mini series one and done mm-hmm. if you want to watch uh 1883 you can check that out on prime video here in new zealand good work all right paul we're getting down we're getting down to the shortlist we've got two to go what's your number two okay big shout here number two for me dan is season four of battlestar galactica now this aired in 2004, which is a little bit early, but I figure I'm allowed it. Um, Adam, you're making a face like it's not allowed, Dan. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Rainer than Rainer than All right. Gone too far. So, <laughs> my number two TV series for 2022 is Better Call Saul season six. Yeah, I see that face, Dan, and I know that face. I've been looking at myself in the mirror every time I brush my teeth, shaking my head, saying, how can you do this? How can you How can you not have this as number one? But oh, for anyone who's not aware, firstly, this is a prequel TV series to Breaking Bad, uh, the trials and tribulations of criminal lawyer Jimmy McGill in the years leading up to his fateful run-in with Walter White and Jesse Pinkman. Um there, there are so many reasons this is i mean this is in my all-time top 10 tv shows in fact it sits at number two so it is my second favorite tv show of all time which i think says says everything the first half of this season the first half of the season then i would say so that part one is perhaps the best first half of any 
season of television I've ever seen. And I was just looking then on the ratings of IMDb, 9.7, 9.1. There's an episode, Dan, that is averaging at 9.9 and has had over 46,000 votes. 46,000 votes and it's averaging at 9.9. Show me a higher rated regular single episode of TV that has over 40,000 votes that's over 9.9. I mean, this is as good as it gets. It is the embodiment of a show where everything at every single level comes together, writing, production, direction, cast, music, everything. It is as close as to perfection as you can get. Paul, you might as well have this as an honourable mention if you're going to put it up. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. Like, what, what, what's going on here? So I'm, I'm with you. This is a fantastic TV show. I, I've said it before. I, I think this is better than Breaking Bad in, mm. in a number of ways. And Breaking Bad is not only the you know, the namesake of our, our podcast and, yeah. you know, a real passion um, show that we, we've both re-watched multiple times. I think Better Call Soul is just sort of a, a real sort of character deep dive. It's a passion project. It's, a, it's also beautifully sort of told and shot and directed and everything about this TV show is – you know the the reviews speak for themselves. Like as you say, it, it has got a an amazing review, and I think I can't think of another TV show that is a spinoff from a TV show no. that ha- can has actually done things better and told a a deeper, richer, and more fulfilling story than I think what Better Call Soul has done for the Breaking Bad universe. Yeah, oh, couldn't have said it better. It's absolutely right. It's uh, it kills me not having it at one, but. This was one last year. I think season five was so off the chart strong for me that no season could ever quite live up to that. That's that's harsh criticism because this season six is 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 right up there. It is it has so many beautiful symmetry moments as well. Which if you look for them just in the directing style and in the way Jimmy and and Kim stand next to each other at the start compared to the end just little things that are just wonderful i've talked before about the podcast that goes alongside it better call saw and insider so much richness in there from vince gilligan and peter gould it's there's no other show that does everything as well as this the the pre-credit teaser is just absolutely superb the thing that this show did as well it gave us a prequel and it gave us a sequel so it gave us at the start of each season and even more so in this final season which we both loved the sequel to Breaking Bad, so what happens to Saul after Breaking Bad as in his role as Gene. There's just so much in here that, um, you know, if someone was to say to me, which TV shows would I re-watch? Uh, well, this is why it's number two on my all-time list. It's, 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 it's just a league of its own. Yeah, and I think, again, like this is a... Another TV show which I know a few break I know a few Breaking Bad fans who have never watched Better Call Saul. Yes, and it just it it breaks my heart because I think it is a TV show that intentionally starts off a little bit slower, intentionally starts off differently because it it is about the 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 fall of um of of, of what we come to know as Saul Goodman, and it's. The, the price of admission is, is definitely worth it. Yeah, it's a really interesting point you raised because I know a lot of people as well 
also I know people who said, oh, I, I watched the first couple of seasons. I didn't quite like. And I think on reflection, if we look at the whole six seasons just quickly, I I, I kind of get it. I kind of, I still love season one and two. And on a rewatch, it mm-hmm. means so much mm-hmm. more. But for a first time view of season one and two, I think I kind of get what those, but three, four, five, six, I rate those seasons as I think you do uh, over and above the Breaking Bad, which is an, uh, an outrageous thing to say because Breaking Bad is, well, that's number three on my list, just FYI. It's uh, mm-hmm. Michael Mando, his, I mean, I shouldn't do this. I do this all the time. I start talking about one person and I talk about them all, but his character arc um, as Nacho, um, the, the, the Gus Fring arc, the Mike Ermintrout arc, the, but for me, the the Ray Seahorn as Ken Wexler arc and what was going to happen to her character, because we know she's not in Breaking Bad, we all thought we knew what was going to happen one way or another. We were all, I think, wrong. And that was just great. Yeah, definitely. It it and I think for again, a show that's so heavily discussed and theorized, and for it still to kind of produce spoiler um surprises, I guess, on a on a near sort of weekly yeah. process as it was sort of running is is incredible. And I, I'm with you. I think that those sort of seasons of five and four, five, six, so, so good. So, so good. This is a, a great shout. I, I can't give the show any more props. Number two, Dan, what is your number two for 2022? <clears throat> All right. We've already covered it. It's uh star Wars Endor. Oh, so, Ooh. Yeah, so um, I, no need to probably go too much deeper on it. We've we've already given it all the love. I think my my reason for being number two is because I just think it it does something different. It completely surprised me. I think it's got great rewatchability. I think it's great for Star Wars and non Star Wars fans, and I think it it deserves far more eyeballs on it and. And, you know, the people that watched it are already raving fans. If you can do one thing for the world, encourage someone to watch Andor, particularly if they've got a bit of an interest in Star Wars and, and they're staying away. This, 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 I think, is is way more adult than anything we've seen before. But we've already had a deep dive into it. That's It's, it's just so good. Great. I love that it places so high. I'm, I'm really fascinated as to how uh, how highly we, you know, we've both had it in our top five. Um, just... Just brilliant. Mm, it's good. All right, Paul. We're into the we're into the the final. What is what's your number one? I I've been trying to think to myself, what is it going to be like? Obviously, I've broken the process with eighteen eighty three, <laughs> and I just can't even think what what could be your number one. Number one for me, Dan. It's the same as my number one last year. It's season three of For All Mankind on Apple TV Plus. This show. This show is just incredible. So in an alternate version of history, the Russians beat the US to the moon and the space race continues on for decades with grander challenges and goals. This is this is unprecedented, as I don't think I've had two years in a row that this has taken out the number one slot. Season two was fantastic, but I think the strides forward that season three makes are so big and so creative that it's even better than the last season. And we're covering a lot of ground now. So, you know, this this show starts in 1969. By the end of this season three, we're now up to, we're, we're coming into the 2000s. It just goes from strength to strength. It's a show that sitting down for each episode, I just remember, I watched it weekly drops. I tensed up 
I'm so invested in the characters' journeys. And this is a show, like many others that you and I talk about that we love, you cannot trust it to take out a main cast member at any point. You're in the vacuum of space. Someone goes out, you know, they're gone. And there's there's no there's no funeral. The it's 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 really quite inspiring. The show as well. Um, I feel like that it feels so real. And I remember in our Discord, uh, Sador and I talking about it, and the vibe was that we belong in this universe version of events, not our own. And that sounds odd, but if you watch it, you get it. It's a it's a if you love space exploration, if you love you know NASA and all that sort of stuff, it is a a what if story and what could we be doing more? It's it's just exceptional, and it's my number one, Dan. It's a it's another good shout. I I said this one when you reviewed the the last season. I've tried to get this over the line on our collective family watching a few times, and no trailer has 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 done that. No, I, I've it won't. been quite personally keen. And I wonder whether, though, finally, you know, when this um, podcast is listened to um, by the other half, it will maybe, look, Paul's saying it's number one, maybe I've got to give it a go, but maybe it's time for us to get it on the radar. Paul, is this, you know, like, I know it's your number one, and I think not all TV shows are created equal, like, you can love a TV show like, let's say, House of the Dragon, but I know it's not for everyone. Yeah. Do you think For All Mankind is one of those shows that more people need to get around, or is it kind of a bit of a, for a niche audience? It's for a niche audience, and so I think um, it's, if if the idea of space travel, if the idea of NASA, if the idea of that sort of stuff, stargazing, whatever it might be, is something that appeals to you, you're going to have that sense of wonder when you watch it. I think to answer your earlier point, you know, if Dan's going to get on board for severance, maybe, maybe, maybe someone else needs to get on board for, for all mankind. My concern for anyone coming into this, and again, this is a strength for me, not a strength for me, it's a strong, it's something in a TV show that is a strength for me, but not for everyone, is the slow burn and i absolutely love the painstaking deliberate pace that they go to it's the 1883 of space shows in terms of the pace particularly season one by the time we get into season two and three things are off the charts there's someone uh in my workplace who has been watching it you know they've playing catch up week by week and every time i see them they're like oh God, he's done this. And I'm like, oh, yes. And you know exactly where they are and what mission they're on. And and it's it's definitely niche. I know it's not for everyone. And I, and I, I kind of love that as well because there's only two people I know who watch the show. So that gives you, you know, compared to, you know, when you think about other shows that you can come into the office and talk about. And so it is niche for sure. But I, I would dare say this would, I would, I would hope, I would think this would be your niche, Dan. I look, you know, I've got this plane travel. You never know. Maybe it'll. I, I feel rich with options of things to watch at That's the moment. That's a good position to be a, in, right? It's a, it, it's a good position because, especially when we've already had a, a bumper year and there's still things on the cards. I think you've got a, you've got a great top ten list, Paul. Some, um, some surprises for me, but. Overall, I think you've made some good choices. I appreciate that. Season three for my money, Dan, just it is exceptional. I've I've already done a rewatch of one and two. So if you're saying one and is slow, I've done a rewatch of one and two. Season four is filming. They should wrap filming in February. Um, 
I hope it's a show that runs for a good few seasons yet because I'd like to see them bring it up to where we are currently, maybe even go beyond it. And what's interesting about this as well is that we're following the same core group of characters from 1969 through to 2000. Some of them have left NASA. Some of them have gone to work for the Elon Musk equivalent in this universe. And it is a character journey. It is it, every time a rocket takes off, you feel terrified something might go wrong. It's just it's just something that sticks with you and yeah, I will be fascinated to hear anyone else who is watching the show who I'm unaware of watching it if they were to get in touch because I'm always interested to hear what people say about the show. That is my number one, Dan. What? Very good, very good. So as you can probably imagine, my number one has already been uh, revealed. It is the final season of Better Call Soul. Right. That is my, uh, that is my, my number one. I, I feel like... For all the reasons we literally just discussed, I I think I've just really enjoyed this this spinoff. Um, it took me to places I never anticipated, and I I think like you said, it's it's not only a, a prequel, but it's sort of given you a, a bit more closure in the the Breaking Bad universe. So I I thoroughly enjoyed this, particularly the later seasons. It's worth the journey. It's if you haven't seen it and you're a Breaking Bad fan, this is one to watch. If you have, you know, seen both, I, I hope you join me in, in celebrating this amazing piece of, of television. I love that it's your number one and I feel like it's poetic that it is what a number because we can still say it's number one for us and I I'm gonna I love that. It's uh you know, I'm just I'm just looking at my on our website at my top ten T V series of all time and I've got Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad, and For All Mankind in there. A lot of my shows are actually not even from this century, but these three are in there. And so to have two of them in the 2022 viewing cycle is is really quite lucky. But um, yeah, as an overall watch, Better Call Saul Season 6 is just absolutely exceptional. And I actually wonder, Dan, if the rewatch, the binge rewatch, may be even more rewarding than the weekly somehow. And I think that's the thing. Like I know, I know that's coming. I know that you've watched this year. You've watched all of Breaking Bad. You've you've watched all of um, Better Call Saul again to kind of like get ready. And I think it's it's this is another TV show. If if someone said let's get on this, let's let's start Breaking Bad or let's start Better Call Saul, I'm there for it. Amazing. Well, fascinating, Dan. I just quickly made a quick note that I have uh, eight out of my 10 TV shows are all brand new first season shows or one and done. And only two of my shows, which is my top two, Better Call Saul season six and Four Mankind season three, are, are shows where they've already got at least one season under their belt. So that's fascinating in itself. All right. Let's, uh, let's do a final recap, Paul. Give me, your, give me your top 10 with your honorable mentions. Okay. So my four honorable mentions, we have Bosch Legacy season one. Strange New Worlds Season 1, The Capture Season 2, and The Rehearsal Season 1. Those are my four honourable mentions. And then my top ten are Welcome to Wrexham Season 1, The Responder Season 1, Slow Horses Season 1, Obi-Wan Kenobi Miniseries, The Lazarus, <laughs> the Lazarus Project Season 1, The Bear Season 1, 
Andor season one, Severance season one, Better Call Saul season six, and For All Mankind season three. What about you? Amazing. So my honourable mentions are Wednesday, Stranger Things season four, Star Trek Strange New Worlds season one, and Slow Horses season one. Jumping into my top ten, season two of The White Lotus, uh, season one of The Sandman, season one of The Rings of Power, uh, the miniseries Obi-Wan Kenobi, season four of uh, Ozark, season four part two, uh, season one of The Bear, season one of House of the Dragon, the miniseries 1883, <clears throat> controversial, and season one of Andor, and the final season of Better Call Saul. So we've got a few, um, you know, cross-references in our list, Four. which I think is, is good. Four? Yeah. So I I like it when we've got, like, different lists, and I like when we kind of land at different number ones. I think it always creates for some some good con- conversation, I guess. And I think that um, hopefully you might have also found something new to watch in this. This is, you know, as we say, this is one of our favourite podcast to review each year i've learned a lot i'm definitely walking away with some recommendations any final thoughts from you paul just i know we said it before but just the quality of the shows this year i feel like if i were to take the dozen well maybe it was down to about 10 in the end shows that didn't even make the 10 or the honorable mention i feel and then create a new top 20 of the last three years i think nearly all of those shows would be in there i feel that's how how much quality we've had this year Mm. and of course there's also in my, in my mind there's also things that i haven't watched so the crown season five which was trending at number one worldwide just recently uh yellowstone season five we've talked about you know that's going to be up there star trek prodigy season two we haven't even season one yet let's not start that up again but you know there's so much still there but within the shows that we've watched uh the ones that we have as our you know those four shows i think what I find fascinating is, you know, the bear was one that, that you got me on board and, or obviously we're going to watch Obi-Wan and medical soul. Obviously we were going to watch. So, um, I feel like you've influenced me somewhat more. I'll be keen to see if some of those top 10 mentions of mine get you watching them next year, but, uh, it's, yeah, it is a fascinating list. Your list is also a strong list. I think, I think in the end I would have got seven out of your 10, which isn't too bad. Mm-hmm. It is very good. Well, we would love to hear what your top 10 are. Um, do, does your top 10 match ours? Have you got a new recommendation for us? How do you feel about the controversial inclusion of 1883? Write in, let us know, share your thoughts. We would love to hear them. So that brings us probably to the end of a, another episode of the Half Measures Podcast. It does indeed. Thank you for listening in once again. and. For our upcoming podcast episodes, Dan, we might go in a different direction. I think so. I think so. Maybe it's it's time to to knock the Star Wars list on the head, I think. I think it'll be a good opportunity to do that. So look forward to joining you next week. But yeah, thanks for listening to our Top 10 podcast. Also, a very special shout out to our Patreon producers, Samara Wan and King, Diana Kanawa, and Michael Chalmers. If you too would like to become a Patreon producer of the show, then you can find those details in the show notes below. But until next week, everyone, adios.